thing about my horse, by the way. There's got to be something about my horse. Have we done a podcast since then? Mate, I've, we're on? just recording now. And guess what the first topic was, Tank? Was it? <laughs> your horse, mate. You've got to tell us about your oh, horse. Mate. You made a lot of people a lot of money. Uh, mate. Cheltenham. Big day for you. Unreal, mate. It's like... Honestly, Cheltenham, like to have a, especially the big festival, the March festival, to have a runner there is like, it's a fucking dream, like a proper dream. Well, how did it all come about, mate? Explain it to us. Because was the horse not meant to be running or like, where did it, where did it come from? Because you said it was a big step up. It was like kind of being, you know, division two and then you've got a chance of the Premier League kind of thing. That type of stuff. This is like, this is like a Champions League win. This, it's like, it's that big. Honestly, it's that big. So we knew, we've always knew he was a nice horse. Um, but he's he has had issues and he's a bit of an idiot. So, Like it's older then. I was going to say, Justin, <laughs> I was waiting. Fucking hell. Okay, but like, <laughs> does he keg his mother-in-law and stuff like that? Like, <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> but on a serious note, right, he was 80 to 1. And to be fair to Laura Morgan, she was like, you've got to back him. And I was like, Fucking hell, you know, you're taking on Willie Mullins, Gordon Elliott, fucking Nicky Henderson, Paul Nichols, you know, the biggest trainers in world racing with the most expensive horses. Like the horse will come third, the mighty Potter is meant to be like this next big superstar. I'm like, we just put him to fucking bed. But she was like, go and back him, make sure you back him. She was saying the week before it, he's 80 to 1, back him. It's an insult. It's an insult, he's 80 to 1. But it was a massive step up in grade. It was like a grade one, class one race. The most difficult race, one of the most difficult races to win at the meeting or And to place in that is like, it's just off the charts, lads. It's just like, it's fucking off the charts. But then I got sent as time, as last three furlongs. And it was one of the fastest last three furlongs of the meeting. And the horse, what everyone saying, is the biggest superstar in racing, Constitution Hill. We were only 0.0011 second behind this fastest three furlongs. It's like it's it's off off its head what he's done. So, so can I? Uh, I've got to make a confession, right? So we've obviously we were made up for you, we were like buzzing. Jimmy I put won. a bit of put a bit of money on, didn't you, Jim? I've been telling yeah, me me family and mates. Go on, Jim. The only reason I put money on was because Carl did. <laughs> Oh, really? So, yeah. so well, I, I'd had mates, family, friends saying, you know, sending me screenshots. They'd put a little bit of money on and like, look, don't get me wrong. It was like, uh, for a lot of them, it's five, you know, five or each way or whatever, you know, because outsider and all that. And I was going to put a tenner on. I was going to put a tenner on. And I had a works call and I didn't <sighs> get to the app to put it on. And then it was actually my cousin, Ray, who some, he sometimes chats with us all through the um, social bit media yeah, Blu-ray, yeah, yeah Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah. No, um, bit of Blu-ray. <laughs> bit of Blu-ray, yeah, absolutely. I think he... I think he would, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, you're not far wrong now. I'm only messing right. Um, but, quite long story short, he was actually messaging me. He was like, Tank's horse won. Uh, not won, uh, came second, nearly won. I was like, you are joking me. And I believe Tank, like, it was touching, like, it was over the last fence. Well, do you know what, it was Ray, all right, to play he's, for. he's... Look, he's only, this is only a sixth run over obstacles. All the other horses are like had 14 runs. He'd never run a Cheltenham. Every other horse run a Cheltenham. And Cheltenham's a really, you know, it's adulation up and downhill. And, you know, he comes round and he went in the lead. And I'm like, fucking hell. Because I knew, I knew he'd stay. And I knew he had to turn a foot. And the mm. jockey jumped off and just went, only his experience has cost him the win. His inexperience, sorry. He said, because when he hit the hill, he was like, what the fuck? 
he said, and then I've gassed him and said, come on, get up the fucking hill. And then he's like galloped into it. And yeah. like the jockey said to me, went, if it was on a flatter track or he'd had more experience, he says, he'd have won the race. He'd have won the race. Where and would I'm that like, rank? Because obviously this is a new, this is a, a something that you're super passionate about. Where would that rank for you? Because there was the video doing the rounds. Like you put it on, on your social media channels. Of you celebrating whatever, and you were nearly like, what have I just seen? Like, where does that yeah. rank in sense of achievements? It must be right up there. Oh, look, it's fucking it right at the very top. Honestly, it's above the kids. The kids have grown up now. <laughs> like, the other awesome. yeah, yeah, so, that's worn off now. Yeah, the even Frankie. Like, yeah, yeah, he's boring now, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's right up there alongside winning the title, the leagues with Forest, and you know, the and with Leicester, mate. It's right. It's right there. Forest well, and all the much you won. One with Forest, but yeah, it's fucking next to it. I've got to be honest with you. Am I allowed to ask how much you won? A lot, to be fair, mate. Because just the trainer's the trainer's confidence, like she was like, I'm like, he's 80 to one. And sometimes you you kind of like, oh, he's 80 to one, he can't win. And she was like, He can't, he can't be in any better form. He's completely unexposed. And He's, a, he's as hard as they come, he'll fight for you. Do you know, and when you've got an horse who's that, and he's a great jumper, she, and she just put, kept putting confidence in me. So I backed him from 80 to 1 each way, like quite a lot, all the way down to 50 to 1. You, lads, I've got to tell you this quick story, right? It's fucking brilliant. So I took my dad, right? Took Sharon's dad, um, and I just gave them 100 quid each. I went, you know, just for, a, for your bets for the day. I said, I'll put some on my crypto card. I'll put some money. So they had my card for the beers, whatever. The food's all free. So I said to me, Dad, there's a hundred quid for you. Uh, now, my dad doesn't really bet. So as we're going up, and he's like, I went, are you putting your bet on? And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, go on. And I said, what do you want to put on? Like, normally, I think, like, a fiver each way. He went, just go and put 20 quid each way on for me, please, son. And I was like, you sure? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, bear in mind, I give him this hundred quid. <laughs> 20 quid so I put the bet on and I think I can't remember exactly what because the day was a bit of a player I think he got about 460 pounds back from it no way it was fucking Kept 100 Jimmy listen <laughs> I was gonna ask. Yeah, there you go dad and I'm like he went oh what a day that is son and I was like you're gonna give me I'm waiting <laughs> waiting <laughs> and, and, like, back. and I went to him joking we had a few bees and I went you know I give you that 100 quid you know when he just went what, what did he call me Um Oh, don't something like don't be a martyr giver. I went, what does that mean? He went, well, don't give someone something and ask for the back, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life lessons 101 there nah, from your yeah. old man. And then he's come back to me mum, and my mum's phoned me the next, like it said, Oh, your dad come home with like 500 odd quid because you never had another bet then. Oh, he he said, yeah, Come home with 500 like quid. It. I went, Do you know, he's kept me under pounds. And he went, My mum was like, Well, you did give him it, son. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong here? She's right. Once you give some, I mean, the good thing would have been to go, here's your one back. But if you if you're putting it up, mate, you've got to be prepared to to never see it again. But yeah, but I want to write a few quid. Is is the answer, mate? Yeah. Ah, oh, delighted. Yeah, I was absolutely made up when it when it came in. Just fuming. I didn't put any on myself. Jimbo, you got a little win out of it as well, mate. I got a little you? win out. I've also got a confession because Tank was sending us tips all week, wasn't he? And he sent yeah. us some on the Thursday. And I was checking, I was putting them on, I was betting on them on, uh, no, the Tuesday it was, sorry, I was betting on the Tuesday. Five out of six on the Tuesday, Jimmy. Well, I was betting on them, and I messaged, (laughs) I did a little side message to Jay going, fucking Tank, have you looked at Tank's tips? He went, no. said, he's fucking sent us all the (laughs) favourites. 
like, she was like, I was, I was like, yeah, I was like, he's not picked. He's just literally picked all the favourites to it. I was like, I'm going to put it on, but fucking hell, like, I thought he might have had some inside track on some. <laughs> and then fair play, they all came in apart from that first one. Yeah. That place I won. I won about thirty odd quid off that because I put five or each way on it, and then That's I won. Right. I won thirty odd quid. Like I said, I wasn't going to bet. I I didn't know it was running until our mate message going, "Oh, tanks is. Shall I put some money on it?" And I said, "Nah, it's eighty to one. Don't bother." <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it was like, "Sure." I was like, "Well, go on." And if you're doing it, I'll took two quid on all summer. I was like, two quid. Bloody hell, Jim." Jeez, I don't bet, uh, mate. I'm not a gambler, so if I, I don't, I'm glad because if I was chucking 100 quid on 40 to one outs, regardless if it's my mates or not, you, you'd and you, you, you've got a bit of a problem then, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a great gambler. I think I won once on the national with Richard Dunwoody all those years. It was, and I was actually at a wedding, and uh, I think I won about 90 quid. It was back in the days where you could have a proper good night out with 90 quid. Yeah. So we're pretty much paid for the wedding. Now, on 90 quid. That's what I mean. But uh, lads, I'm still uh, still a little fragile after St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. I'm not going to lie. You might be able to hear it in my voice a little bit. I went a little bit too aggressive in me, me pints drinking on the on the Friday. I'm still, I'm not, I'm not able for it anymore. I You've been very quiet in the group chat. Yeah, Nearly yeah. missed out on the predictions. Do you know what, Jimmy? I'm not on social media. Liverpool's game got called off against Fulham. I was like, have we been beat? And like, <laughs> I've not known we're playing because J- Jamie's not spoke. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was very, very quiet all weekend. Even was, on like it... the podcast social media, there was nothing till like Sunday night. A couple of I know. No, I have to be honest. Usually, like, I'm look, I'll, I can just keep drinking. It's not one of them. It's like, oh yeah, out so for my like, I'm good for a pint. Like, I, you know, I'll just keep boozing and whatever, and don't get sloppy. And I got home. And for some reason, I knew my missus was going to do it. I said to her, I was like, look, I've not got my keys. Just leave the key out. Don't lock the door. So I got back. I think I was back by about quarter past two. So I don't think it was anything silly. But like she'd locked the door. So then she was awake when I got in. And she was like trying to have a conversation with me. And usually I'd be chatting away, telling them about the night or whatever. And she was like, is everything all right? Like I couldn't speak. Like I wasn't able to have a fully functioning conversation with her. It was just one of those nights where, you know, when you're pleased to see people, you get very giddy and I started on the shots. And then for some reason I was just being a dope and every round would have a shot or something. It's just ridiculous. Carry on. So yeah. Before we we get into it, can I wish my dad a happy birthday, Brian? It was his 70th on yesterday. Ooh, happy birthday, Brian. And he he listens to the podcast, so he loves it. He says, and here's praise if you ever need it. Brian is the miserablest man ever, right? Growing up, he was (laughs) odd. He was like proper Geordie, Newcastle fan, like tough. At least least he's got the bollocks to pull himself to a team. (laughs) (laughs) You get no praise, you get nothing out of him, and then... His his new his wife said to to us at the weekend. He says Brian never laughs, never laughs. But when he's at home in in Canada, he has his headphones in, listening to the podcast. He says he's just chuckling away to himself, and yeah, all like just taking the piss out of each other. <laughs> I love that. And Brian was that Brian's the uh, the fellow who got you the Canada shades as well, Tank. Yeah, I, I was so, meant to bring uh, them out. They're in the yeah. house still. I'll wear I'll wear them on Friday if we do a live. Okay, brilliant. Happy um, birthday, mate, anyway. All the best, Brian. Um, so, football. 
I'm, there's loads of topics that I want to talk about because there's been loads. I think I'm becoming a grumpy old man, but maybe it's because I'm still a little bit hungover. So I feel like I want to have a row about something and, and football's annoying me, right? So I'm going to start with... Um, no, I'm not going to start with Mitrovic. That can, that can be next. Conte, I'll make Conte, right? There's been loads made in the news of him coming out off the back of the Southampton game. Spurs being very Spursy, throwing away uh, a, a position of strength. You want to call them bottlers, all the usual uh, kind of narratives around Spurs. And he come out and does what he does after Spurs have dropped points and he blames every man and his dog. There's two ways that you can look at this. Tank, which way are you? Are you very much thinking, look, the man's talking sense? Or is he looking for a way out here? Because it seems to me I'd probably be of the latter. There probably is some truth in that Spurs are a little soft and things probably need to change at the club. But ultimately... This is a team that got knocked out to Sheffield United in the cup. You know, Spurs have got enough to build build these teams, and he's got a team good enough to beat Sheffield United. So he has to maybe take a little bit of the blame as well. Or where do you where do you sit on this one? I think he's come across as a prick. Yeah, I'm being honest with you now. The, the simple reason for it is Tottenham have actually spent money for him. You look at that Tottenham side; he's got at least. Six or seven of his signings, the midfields mostly his signings. Yet they've got a few injuries, like most clubs have. He spent big money on uh, Richarlison, who's the greatest blocker of um, shots <laughs> in the history of football. Defender, he's bought big money for the right back who's just come in. He spent money. He's brought the centre halves in. So I don't really understand where he's coming out and saying that these are soft and these are this and it's very spares. Well, is that not his role and his job to turn them from from that? Is that not what he's there to do? He's had money. The players what he's asked to bring in, they've been brought in. I just think he's not up to the job. I don't think he's up to the job. And I think his comments, he has, he's got history of this, lad. He's done the same in Italy. He's done the same at Chelsea. He was, he was basically begging to be sacked at Chelsea. And he knew that Abramovich just didn't give a fuck. He'd sack him and pay him off. And I think he's doing the exact same here. I mean, surely to God he can't sit in the Tottenham dugout again after all of this. On that point, Jim, do you think it is, uh, you know, have Spurs got to act here? Because, you know, as much as being a winner, and we've all played with them, we've all been around them, you know, the type of people that go, you know, absolutely nuts when things don't go the way, setting the standards, all that. I think it's verging on the point where he could be losing people in the dressing room because he seems to be hanging everybody. It's everybody's fault. He's questioning senior pros. He's questioning his players. There's no way coming in on a Monday morning, that's a happy camp. Uh, and, you know, the players are looking forward to playing for him. Sometimes players need calling out, though, don't they? I think he's probably spot on. But he, I think he, from a player's point of view, I think they need calling out because they've not performed great over the season and they've been in positions where they're able to push on and they haven't done. But I think the ones who come out of it with the worst are the, the, the board. And he's spot on about the board. The board are happy to do whatever they want to do as long as they're making money. They don't want to... Don't want to push on. They don't want to overstep any boundaries, which is fine. I understand that from a business point of view. They got one of the best new stadiums in the world. That's probably generating a lot of money with the NFL as well. Food and beverages. They're a big club, um, Tottenham, in in terms of of financial uh, revenue that they'll generate. So I th- I think he's right. His contract's up at the end of the season. So if he wants is to it? go. You- yeah, yeah, I'm I sure his contract's that. up at the end of the season. So it's it's it whether Tottenham offered him a new one or not, or you know if he wanted to stay, regardless, I think you know it was 
it, it, this is where that brings into context his run. I just think I just think he's had enough, and he's a serial winner, and he's gone into a club that don't win. Not as in games, they just don't win anything. They've not got that mentality to go out. And I think he, I don't know, I, I don't know how how you build on that because they've got good players, but I think you know. Captain they what par for the course, Jim. I'd be looking at this going, they're about par for the course. They're not a great side. They're, they're not, not a great side, but they've got they've got they should be able to push on to you know, they should have won a League Cup or an FA Cup, surely, like with the players they've got. For me, I think it stems from like the core of the team. They've never they've since they lost Vertongan and Alderweireld, they've not really had a strong core. Larice was class, but then he's really shaky. They've got an half decent, you know. They lost um, what's his name, the Dembele, who was, uh, you know, they had um, Deli Ali who was pushing on, and Harry Kane up front. They sort of lost that core now, haven't they? They've got Harry Kane and Son, and then they've got, you know, some okay players like Longley. He's not great. He's not even playing. You know, Davison Sanchez can't even get a game. That they're, they're just they need to go out and buy good young, hungry players, and I don't think that's what they're they're doing. Do you know what I've had enough of? Here's me being grumpy, right? You know the way you say that he needs to go out and buy? How about setting them up in a way that will get the best out of Kane and Son? And, I, and this is where I think it comes back to Conte. He seems to be so defensive and rigid in how he plays that it's not actually... When you look at them, Tank, you think of how they used to play under Pochettino. And I know they, they ultimately didn't, they didn't get, win. Then. They didn't win anything, but but still, it's as close as Spurs have come. You know, they they were they were close to winning the Premier League. They did well in the Champions League. You know, they had a, a really good team to watch, and some of the stuff that they do going forward was was brilliant. I still think they've got the players to play like that, but Conte doesn't seem. You look at Son now. Look, as a Liverpool fan, if you'd have said to me if I could cherry pick a player that I'd want at Liverpool for a long time, I'd have, I'd have took Son. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Still do, but he's fell off a cliff. Harry Kane, arguably, you know, look, he's, he's transformed as a player. He drops a little bit deeper now. Potentially, there's rumours he could be on the move, maybe to a Man United or whatever. But Harry Kane will always score goals, whatever team you put him in. He's just that good. But I would argue now that Conte isn't even getting the best out of the players at his disposal. And he's stamping his feet and demanding that he wants more. Well, how about he just does his job and develops the players that he's got in front of him? It's too easy to just talk about checkbooks all the time. I think Tottenham's got some good, very good players. I mean, you can't get much of a better front pair than Son and Kane at the minute. You know, people used to talk about like the Liverpool front three, but Son and Kane have always been right at the top of anyone's list for the top strikers in world football. And I know I take the piss out of Charleston and all of that and, you know, fucking slaughter them. But when they did sign them, I was like, I wouldn't have paid that for them. But I thought, you know, in like a team, what's like a proper team in with proper players around him. For him not to score a Premier League goal this season is criminal. But then you 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 have got to look at the manager, you know, because it, when you watch Spurs now, and we talk about Potticino there, I tell you what, I, I bet you every Spurs fan would fucking rip your right hand off to, if they could get him back and playing the football where he played. You know, because they, they were unbelievable to watch. And he got them to Champions League semi-finals and he pushed them for the Premier League, but they were always in the top four. And I know what Jimmy's just said, he's a serial winner at Conte as a manager. He's not really, you know. He he's is. won three league titles at Juventus in a fucking dreadful, dreadful Serie A at the time when there was only really one club who could win the league, like Bayern Munich in Germany. 
And then he won one Premier League with Chelsea and one FA Cup with Chelsea. And then he went and won when he had the biggest budget in Italy with Inter Milan and they were having the right goal and won one, one a league with Inter Milan. So he's not really a serious... I know what you're saying, Jimmy, like, you know, he's he's kind of a winner. But when you look over his career as a period of a manager, which is now stemming 14 years, he's not a serial winner. He's won in his own country, apart from that, apart from out of his own country, which is a poor league, lads. Let's get it right. It is a poor league. And at the time, Juventus were the only dominant figure in that in that side. He's won a Premier League and an FA Cup in England. That's it. But I just don't see how we can be sat in. If he's if I'm a Spurs fan and I'm a Spurs and if I'm a Spurs player, I don't want him in the dugout. I don't want him there. Yeah, it all seems to be getting a little bit too much from him for me. It looks like he's he's trying to uh, manoeuvre himself out of the picture. Jim, who would you get in, though? I think if you're looking at Spurs now, would it be Poch? This is where you go, isn't it? There'll be, there'll be clambers for Poch again. Maybe Zidane. But would he go there without you know knowing? The problem is, everyone knows that working for Daniel Levy is not an easy job. So you, 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 you need to factor in who wants to go and take that job. So could be a potch. It could be, uh, you know, would they take a punt on Graham Potter, for instance? Is that someone that you could, you know, rally from from his nightmare at Chelsea and, and bring him in? So it's a hard one. I don't think would Tuchel go after being at Chelsea. I don't think so. Um, I think he would, you know, give me it's a point of to prove because it was a bit prove. maybe, yeah, maybe. But again, he's not, he's not he's not that free flowing football that that people sometimes want to see. So. I, I reckon they'd be all over De Zerbi from Brighton. I'd just say want to say yeah, that. So there's yeah. him, there's, you know, but the issue you've got with this is, you know, seemingly when people step up into these big managers' jobs, they fail. And there's very few that that actually succeed, you know, apart from Mourinho. And he's obviously the special one. Villas Boas, he, you know, he was the young prodigy, struggled. Um, you know, uh, Graham Potter obviously at Brighton struggled with the big club mentality. It's different, so yeah, yeah, that that would be the route I would go down. But you know, history will tell you that they don't often pay off. Tank, I want to come to you on Mitrovic. Um, well, ultimately, the FA Cup game, Manchester United versus Fulham. Fulham have got themselves into a really strong position. I thought they played well. Thought United were struggling a little bit, and then the game. I think they were 15 minutes away from from booking themselves a place in in the semi final, and the game pivots, um, you know, uh, in a, in unbelievable fashion. Uh, Fulham getting themselves a raft of red cards. You know, ultimately, there's been a lot of talk now about Mitrovic putting his hands on the referee. Not only that, in his face, really intimidating. I mean, look, however you want to slice and dice this. No footballer should behave like that towards a referee. We often talk about grassroots football, setting examples for kids. You know, everything that you wouldn't want to see on a football pitch. I mean, how are we going to see kids be respectful to referees on a Sunday league pitch if you're watching the Premier League stars treating referees like that? I, I think it's shocking. There's a lot of talk now about the punishment that he will face and it's being reviewed and the FA may step in now and, and extend his punishment. And there's been a lot of talk about the Bruno Fernandes 
situation in the Liverpool game where he put his hands on the referee and was disrespectful to the referee. How do you read this situation? What was your reaction, I suppose, to him obviously treating the referee in that way and, and the game itself? And then do you think it's a fair comparison between Bruno Fernandes and maybe inconsistencies between uh, the governing bodies and the FA looking at both in incidents? The issue we've got, and this has got nothing to do with Bruno Fernandes being a man you played or a strap on who would dislike. The issue is, is you're sending a message out with him. When Bruno Fernandes done that to the lands, no matter how hard or soft or whatever it was, you put your hands up like that, it's an instant ban and you hit them hard. But the FA chose to look at Bruno Fernandes and it was acceptable. So you're sending a message out that you do that to a referee, it's acceptable. Now, Mitrovic was worse. Yes, it was. But if Fernandez would have been given a four or five game ban for raising his hand to a referee, which no matter what level, it you, you can't do it. You don't do it. So when they done that with Fernandez, it was the message for me was this is acceptable at any level of football, like you can put your hands on a referee or an assistant referee, and that sent the wrong message out from them. So I personally think that the the FA or the powers that be need to have a set of bollocks. They need to hit Mitrovic hard and they have to revisit the Fernandez one and go, by the way, you're getting it as well. I know it's going to be difficult to do that, but kids watch these players, kids watch the FA Cup, kids watch Sky, kids watch every game and you need to nip it in the bud straight away because that's twice in the last month that a referee's had hands laid on them and it's just at every single level of sport, it's a no-no. I, I agree with, with what Tank's saying. I mean, Jim, there's been a lot of talk today. I think my gripe was more, I think people have been calling for a two-year ban for Mitrovic. Like, come on, get a bloody grip. Do you know, I wish when you talk about a two-year ban, it's shocking what he done. You could be looking for me, realistically, six to nine game ban. I think ten games, ten games, possibly. No, yeah, that that would be no, fair. No. Uh, it's I think it sends a strong message. Any talk of two year bans? I wish people were this felt this strong about things like racism and actually got know. behind you know stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. it's it's ridiculous that people are talking for a two year ban here. But like Tank says though, Jim, I think we need to send a message here because you know, and you could probably do with learning about this, standing on the sidelines, <laughs> kicking off on people, but. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to get referees these days, you know, and is it any wonder? And I'm not just talking about grassroots level, but if you're, like I said it a couple of weeks back, we had an excellent referee at gra grassroots level, real communicator, brilliant with the lads, brilliant with the coaches. These are the next raft of people that come up and progress, like in any in any walk of life into, to, into the top jobs. If you're just going to get people getting abused and being disrespected and in, on the on the highest level, this is how they're being disrespected. We, we really have to do more to, to to protect the referees. And as a result of that, encourage more referees to want to get into that field. But at the moment, I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. No. Um, and, you know, what he did, what Mitrovic did, Mitrovic did was was shocking. Like, it's not, it's not great. Nobody wants to see that and he deserves his ban. To try and make it comparable to Fernandez is, 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 is not, it's apples and oranges. However, I agree. Fernandez should have been banned at the time. Like it's not, regardless of the, with the indecent, but what I've seen is a lot of, um, what about -ism, uh, you know, or Fernandez did this. So why is, it, it, they're not comparable in any way, shape, or form. But you are right, Tank. Fernandez should have and should be uh, reprimanded for that as well. But um, whether he will or not will remain to be seen. But if 
from you know when I speak to parents, the first thing anyone says these days is, "Oh, the ref was rubbish." I was like, "Well, is he? You know, is this just our mentality? Are we just built to be?" Meant uh, the way we think is everything's against us, regardless of the victory, whether we win or lose. We're making excuses, and it's like, look, sometimes a ref is bad, and I, I'm, I was bad for this, and and obviously you are as well, Jay, for for the amount of red cards you get. But what I transitioned (laughs) into was more of a. I spoke. I I started having laughs with referees, and I just take the piss out of them like a Woody, like just having a laugh and. and that's what I try to do now. And it and it seemingly gets a good reaction. And you can have a conversation with them. But I think there's a long way to go from a rest training perspective. Because what I would, if I was part of the PG MOL or whatever it is, it's all well and good teaching the rules of the game. But what I think ref needs are training in how to deal with people. So in my line of work, we deal with a lot of personalities and we get trained on it because we want to get the best out of it. Yeah. So you get trained on dealing with people who are of a nature of, you know, um, straight to the point. This is what they deal with or uh, people who are relationship builders, that sort of stuff. You get, you, you build on what you can know of people. I think rest should have that. Why shouldn't rest be taught by a relationship-minded person? Of right, how do you go about building relationships with these players during that game? Because if you're just I'm the ref, everything stops with me. That puts a barrier straight away because players get their backups because it's teacher-child mentality. So why don't we implement something where refs are taught from a young age? to deal with people and how you know uh, how you go about dealing with people on a on a daily basis to aid them in their in their refereeing i i do think you're onto something there like i to go back to your points i only really i did i didn't really have issues with for dissent with referees it was only i just used to get into bother with the opposition because i just used to like that type of stuff keep keep things interesting but i the thing that did get me back up with referees it's the communication style. I think that's what you're trying to say there, Jim. We do a lot of stuff in work where it's like, you may say something to me in a certain way or give me data in a certain way or communicate to me in a certain way and I can interpret it totally differently. I like certain information relayed to me in certain different types of ways. And I used to hate it when referees would basically just dismiss me. And particularly if it was like a captain of a team and I'm like, well, I'm just trying to talk to you. You know, I was trying to influence the ref, but I was doing it in a sound way. But they just shoo you away. But that, but I think you're right, Jim. You know, you're looking at this Mitrovic thing. You're looking at the wider picture. I just think there is. I don't think there's respect for referees. I don't think, and we spoke about it at length, Tank. I don't think we have respect for the decisions that are being made generally. I don't think there is uh, confidence that the right decision will be, um, in most cases, found, even with the support of video analysis. I just think it's all a bit of a mess. And I think you don't have to look too far for the way that rugby and rugby are players are towards referees. I was watching the Six Nations over the weekend, the way that the, the little community of referees talk. You can hear the referees talk. Nobody talks to the referee. You just don't speak to the referee unless you're the captain. Like, I just don't understand, Tank, why you couldn't do something similar. Like, this idea that players can get in referees' faces or... You know, I've seen it, players swarming. The ref, Man United, used to do it for years. Swarm the referees. There's that famous image with Keane and Stam and all the lads chasing after referees. Like, surely enough is enough. 
we've just got to make a stand with this type of stuff or it's only going to get worse. See, the problem that you've got is, I know what you're saying about the referees, you know, and have a building relationship with their players and, you know, but the problem is with the social media side now is it's fucking then it'll be classed as favouritism. I look at him, look at the relationship. I'm talking about in that 90 minutes. No, I know, Jimmy, but you know what the social media, you know what the keyboard warriors are like. So if a referee's, say, for instance, just call fucking Mitrovic, if a referee's just speaking to him, got his arm and just like knows the player, and like he's erratic, he's fucking put his arm on him, calm the fuck down, listen, this is why I've done it, that's why. Okay, Avs are laughing a joke. Now, when he next referees that game and Mitrovic does someone, he'd be like, it's a fucking joke, Daddy. He was like that with him in the last game, looking at the yeah. mates, and this is the narrative what you have. The worst thing whatever happened, I'm, I'll be honest with you, lads, I think the worst thing whatever happened to the game of football is VAR. It's VAR, because... It, Every single referee now is terrified to make a decision. They're terrified to fucking because they're getting pulled up. None of this <coughs> happened before VAR boys. None of it happened. A referee's decision, that was his decision. That's it. Done and dusted. Now players, and you watch every single game of football in the Premier League now. Every single player goes over and goes, I've never touched them. Go and check the screen. Check, check the screen. screen. And the referee's always going, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. This, for me, has just brought so much scrutiny on referees that they're terrified to do the job that they're paid to do. And some of them are quite good at it. And this is where I go back to where we've got useless bastards who were sat in the office who had to retire because they were useless referees. And they're telling our referees now that you've made the wrong call. You need to go and see that. And I just think the whole thing has brought more eyes on, on the referees and players. Players are doomed off the do. And now, I mean... It, it's got to go. For me, it's VAR and it has to stop. It has to go. I want to stay with you, Tank, because there's been some news breaking today about our mate Jude Bellingham. And our mate Jude Bellingham. Jimmy's been sending lots of laughy emojis to our reactions throughout the course of the day to the news that come from David Ornstein, who from The Athletic is seen as, as one of the lead writers, seems to be in the know a little bit, have good connections. Uh, he's come out and said that it's looking unlikely now that Liverpool will sign Jude Bellingham. The reasons being that the financials involved just seem a little bit too much. Um, and it seems like Real Madrid and Manchester City are stealing a march. Now, I want to come to you for your reaction, but I want to give my two pence worth. Because I find it a little mad, right, that there always seems in international week to be these transfer stories that break, that the Athletic might want you to go and read. Uh, you know, there's not that much football to talk about at the moment, so what can we drop? Oh, the Jude Bellingham story. Now, Liverpool, are you telling me that Liverpool's businessmen, the men in suits, have not known for the last two years or whatever it's been negotiating with Jude Bellingham that it's going to take a lot of money and there's going to be other clubs involved like Real Madrid, like Manchester City... That's all the article said. Yet yeah, people have got themselves all in a tiz about this. Liverpool fans going absolutely mad, burning everything down. Everything's absolutely gone to pieces now because Jude Bellingham might go to Manchester City or Real Madrid. Am I being a bit naive here, Tank, in that it seems like an article about stuff that we already knew, yet it's being presented as new information, or maybe I'm missing the point here. Yeah, and I know what you mean. I personally, listen, I've been told something else which I put on news to the WhatsApp group. My personal opinion before, and I'm still kind of of it, is I don't see, I don't see how these owners spend that. I've, and I've, I've been very vocal of the owners. They, 
they've run out of players to sell. And that's how that's Liverpool's model. Liverpool's model is no longer sustainable to challenge in this league because teams like Brighton, who pull in huge numbers for bang average players and their recruitment's superb. I think the likes of Brighton, not bad away, no one's speaking about Brighton for the Champions League spot. They've got more games in hand than anyone, than than anyone in the below the bottom four. They're in better form than anyone. And no one's talking about them. So Liverpool, people are saying Liverpool can still make the bot the top four. Apple Brighton favourites ahead of Liverpool. But that aside, I just don't understand how we are going to get you, Bellingham. And, because, but then I was told completely something different, which I'll share because I got told. Now, the lad who I speak to is, you know, got a connection, an unbelievable connection. I'm not going to say how or who. And he's just fobbed me off and just said, it's a done deal. It's not even a debate. It's done. So... Maybe I'm wrong. My opinion is we've got more chance of Jimmy being fucking coming out and saying, I support someone than Liverpool signing Jude Bellingham. You missed, a, you missed an opportunity there, Tank. You could have said you got more chance of Jimmy growing his airline back or something along <laughs> them lines. You've got more chance of your teeth growing back, lad. How's it getting done on Saturday? How are you? What you How he's using his Cheltenham money. Full <laughs> <laughs> out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Full it. Yeah. What, like, what What are we talking... Like, are you going to come in full Bobby Firmino here? No, mate. I said I don't want Bobby Firmino lesbian look. No way. <laughs> no way. I, no, I'm just getting them... Because I got them knocked out when I was playing, didn't I? And then mm. this one, I've swallowed it and I can't find it. And I went to see them. They went, you could do it again. So I went to see them. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You swallowed your tooth? You genuinely you swallowed your tooth? Oh, no, I can yeah. see it's missing, but did, you, did it go into your stomach like... Well, I woke up and it had it, it gone, and I wasn't in the bed. You see, it's everywhere, so I've obviously swallowed it. And I'm not one of them who wants to check me shit to see what it's like. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Him going for yeah. an old Mr. Hanky, and he's got his tooth sat on the top. So the fella come and looked. He's, he's like meant to be the best around, and he done me a little bit of a deal. And he's fucking said, look, he said, I'm going to do it like when I'm closed out of hours. So he said, Saturday, come in, pop them all off, all the work done, clean, and... Temper he's in and we'll uh, full new smile in uh, two weeks. That's, uh, well, I'm going to Turkey in the summer, so I might, I might yeah, uh, come you, lad. I'll come <laughs> get, get them done. You get your hair done, Jim. I'll get my teeth done. Uh, Jim, you gave the start on you. What do you do in Turkey? If you could get one as low as this and you put all the holes of hair in. Join on from the eyebrows, lad. Uh, Jimbo, you're not having the Jude Bellingham is coming no, to Liverpool in any way, shape happening. or form. Give You've up, never lads. thought Just this is happening. Up, just give up, lad. It's like me. Uh, Jimmy, where's he going? It's like me thinking I'm getting Michelle Keegan, mate. It's not. It's just not happening. It's it's you know. Where's he going? Or, hey, where's he going? Not Liverpool. So where's he going? <laughs> Where would you pick though? If I'm Jude Bellingham, <clears throat> it depends what he wants. He's not no, the no, first. Jimmy, to go. Come on, where's yeah, he going? Go, go on, put your put your name to the mast. Look, he's on the fence now. He's getting all wobbly now. He, no, he's definitely not coming to Liverpool. City or Real Madrid. It's City or Real Madrid. I think he goes. He can't to go to City. City won't be allowed to sign players in the next couple of months. City will not Get be over. able to sign Jude Bellingham. City will not be able to sign Jude Bellingham. I don't think he goes there anyway. I don't think City need him, to be fair. Well, they'll take him, of course they do, but I think they've got other options, whereas I think Real Madrid would have him just because of the name and and what he brings. But I think Jude Bellingham wouldn't be showing himself the 
the ambition that he has and and the 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 potential he has by going to Liverpool. I just don't think it's an easy fix with Jude Bellingham. I think I think you've got a good few years in obscurity, lads. I think you're going to have to dig in and, and get used to this. I don't think it gets much better. I'll give you my I just can't see how it can get much better because if if they're buying Bellingham, you're not buying much else. I'm... You're buying the biggest talent in world football. Who's He's not, he can't he can't help Trent defend. So I'm. This is where Tank says, "Jamie, you're living in cuckoo land, right?" I've always, to be fair, I've just got a funny feeling, even though it to to many it might make no sense what I'm about to say. And I think Liverpool have got. I think Liverpool have got very lucky in the player that they want is built a little bit different. In that I feel like he, I seen an interview with him years ago talking at Dortmund, and he was he was basically saying, like, it's it's not just about trophies for him. It's it's about yeah. the project. And I know you could be cynical, Jim, and shake your head and all that, but you know it. It winning twenty trophies at, at one club when he could basically win one or two trophies at a different club and it just means something a little bit more. And I I think that the idea of him, the type of player he is, I just think he's got this idea of coming to Liverpool, getting the number eight shirt, being the captain and driving this team on. And people might laugh when they listen on the podcast, you know, non-Liverpool fans when players talk about winning trophies with Liverpool and how it feels a little bit different. You only have to look at the scenes of driving down the Albert Dock when Liverpool won the Champions League. It's not it's not the norm. That type of stuff is is, is not the norm. And I feel like the family connection to Liverpool, he, I just feel like he's he's gonna end up coming. I don't know I don't know what that does for Liverpool's plans in terms of they're gonna to have to throw a lot of money at Jude Bellingham. I also think in four or five years time Jude Bellingham could easily go to Real Madrid then. You know, he's a young lad. He'd be, what, mid-20s? By the time he could then go to Madrid and go, why? And go and... Why? It's like it's like getting a starter bird before finding your wife. Like, why would he do that? If he's got a worldly Mate, wife how many on, the, t- on... But how many times, Jim, the players go to Madrid and be successful? This is the thing. Like, if he you actually get, think might. about it, they didn't even like Cristiano Ronaldo half the time. They were, they were waving the white flags and booing him. It's it's a strange club to go for. It, it happened with Phil Coutinho at Barcelona when Jurgen yeah, Klopp said... Phil Coutinho and Bellingham aren't the same type of No, player, but it's still... It's 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 a player that had the choice to be a hero at Liverpool. And as Klopp's famous quote was, if you stay here, they'll build statues of you. If you go to Barcelona, you'll just be another one of their players. And I think there is something in that. If you look at the makeup of this of the Real Madrid midfield, you know, it's there's a lot of big players in there already. He will be one of, one of those big players. Where if he comes to Liverpool, he will be Liverpool. I think he has it within him, and it wouldn't be surprised if if he said, "I want to be the captain." He might get fifty grand a week more at Real Madrid. You know what I mean? It, 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 but I just think that the project at Liverpool. I think you're right, Jim. I think Liverpool have a little bit of work to, to do. I would be a little worried and tank. I don't know where you sit on this. If Liverpool splash a load of dough on Jude Bellingham, what else? What else does that leave us? Because I think Liverpool do need a fair bit of surgery. I think they need three midfielders. Um, I think they potentially need a centre. Well, I think they do need a centre back, um, and I think they need a right back to challenge Trent. So, are you going to be able to get all that done, Tank? If you're getting in a Jude Bellingham, I think that's a different conversation, but it's a fair one to have. 
It is. Now, mate, I know Jimmy's saying that Liverpool are going to be in a couple of years obscure. I don't believe that for a second because we've had one of the biggest disaster seasons that we've ever had under Klopp and we're still fucking six points from Champions League with a couple of games in hand. So if that's a disaster with them, you know, we're all, we're going to be all right. I think Absolutely. as Liverpool go, that, that from four next season will be fucking dangerous. You'll have Gakpo, who is improving, fair play to him. Um, Diaz is back. Nunes is fucking carnage. And Salah... I would not rule out Salah being sacrificed now that boys on I think Salah goes. If you want, I if you need Bellingham, I think he and has to go. If you remember go. what I got told a while ago, he was saying that they're going to sacrifice him and the noises are starting to come out. Now, if you get 100 million for Salah, which you will, you will, because someone who scores 30 goals every season, looks after him like he does, doesn't miss a game ever, but then someone will take the PSG, a fucking Spanish club, they, they will take a big chance on him because his numbers are just ridiculous. So that's where I'm sat with it. But Liverpool, I know what Jimmy's saying, Liverpool need more. They need more than just Jude Bellingham. We do because we've got so many, so many fucking poor average players to come in. Like, no disrespect to the likes of Curtis Jones should be shipped on. He's never going to be a chair Premier League player as long as he's got his hole in, a hole in his arse. He's just not. Ox will be gone. The numbers of Liverpool squad is going to come down significantly quite soon. And we need more than a Jew Bellingham. I personally think we need five big signings and we're not going to get them this with These owners won't do it. Right, let me ask you a question, right? You're Jude Bellingham sat in your Dortmund home. You, you're playing FIFA and you've got, right, well, I'm, I'm moving in the summer. Where do I go? Listening do I go to the Boot Room podcast, is he? Listening to the Boot Room podcast, <laughs> obviously. Do I go play at Real Madrid and learn off Tony Cruz and Luka Modric, the two best midfielders have possibly ever been in, in his capacity and in, in the way he plays? Or do I go to Liverpool and play with Fabinho Henderson and Harvey Elliott? And that was one of his best mates, by the way, just saying that. And he, and he absolutely loves him. But dude, I, don't, I love you doesn't mean I'd go play with you over I think you would. Luke I think you would. I, I would. think if you had the I choice, I know you, you Jim. I know you, <laughs> no but way. I know you. You would come and play with me. I know no. you would. No. Oh, are we talking about football still here? Nice. Or you and him playing? No. That's what you've got to take into account as well is La League is shit. It's shit. No one cares about it. They had the El Clasico on last night. Fucking no one's asked. No one watched it. Wasn't even on fucking Sky or nothing. So you've got to look at it that way. You're getting no exposure in La Liga. You get more exposure in the fucking Bundesliga. La Liga is is a bang bang average league, boys. Let's get that right. It's fucking so bad. It's untrue. The Premier League is where it's at, and I do believe if there's if he comes the Premier League, he he will only come to Liverpool. Jim, I want to finish by coming to you on a topic that was asked by Graham. Uh, and, and I'll get your opinion first before we come to Tank. And he's worried, or he wants to know our view on, will Forrest stay up? Because obviously they had a tough they had a tough result there. And we were talking before we came on podcast while Tank was um, using his dial-in internet there to get <laughs> us back in, back onto, uh, onto the podcast. And we were talking about it. And the table's looking a little bit precarious now. Um, you know, we, we spoke about Forrest's home form. Look, Newcastle are a decent side. There's no shame in, in losing to Newcastle. But when you're looking at those around them, I think West Ham... I think are two points off. Uh, so I think for two points off the drop zone, but West Ham have game in hand. Um, you know, no wins in the last five for Forest. 
is it getting a little bit ropey for them now? Should should the fans be a little bit worried? I wouldn't say worried. It depends. I mean, obviously, is it worrying to go down? Yes. I mean, they're still in a great position. And, and as Tank will say, um, Forest fans should take where they are with, uh, you, you know, you'd, you'd snap someone's hand off. Do I think they're in danger? Yeah, I do. I do think they're in danger. And, I th- and it's a shame because they were flying and then they seemingly uh, are dropping off. So like you said, in the, no win in the last five. What they did do was make their... Um, Make the count, uh, make the county ground an absolute fortress, and and have that place. Sorry, not seeing... sorry, come again. What? Did he, fortress. he didn't say. It. He didn't say ground. The county ground. It's a sick county ground. Walking city ground. Oh sorry. my city god! Ground. Jimmy, right, sorry. whoever's listening or watching this, so we've had him say Knotts Forest, <laughs> and we've now had the. Oh my god! Oh, no, oh, god wasn't the county sorry. ground the biggest ride? That, like what? Jesus, Jim, you're. Dead dodgy territory I'm here, mate. We're going to need to get your teeth done uh, as well as the tank at this <laughs> <Love> race. <laughs> they'll be knocked out. So the city ground, sorry, uh, they made the city ground an absolute fortress, and it seemingly has fallen away a little bit at the moment. So I think they need to go back to basics, roll up the sleeves, and and I don't know the fixtures. I'm hoping they've got some some easy fixtures at home to to go out and win, but. I, you know, the two that worry me at this moment in time are Forest and Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace are on a very, yeah. very steep decline, and they can't score. They can't. And they're they talking about bringing Roy Hodgson back. Yeah, that's a great choice, lads. Mate, all they want to just get ten men behind the ball. That's what they'll want to do. If they get a couple of draws, they'll be all right. But that's they just want to stop the rot. That's what they want to do. Um. So yeah, and uh, I think it, it's just, I will. What I will say is, I'm more invested in that relegation fight than I am in the in the title Top challenge. Man. To be honest with you, yeah, I don't know why. I just think because there's so many that are in that trouble from twelve all the way down. It's never been that yeah, open, has it? Ever? It, no, uh, and I think I think I'd love it. Not that I'd love it. Obviously, I'd I want it to go down to the last day where it's one of them where you're watching four or five different. You know, like the city. I remember Janino crying on it. Yeah, yeah. Crying so on I'm one of them. Someone, someone stays up with the last minute goal, and uh, so. But yeah, from a from a Forest point of view, I think you know they're still they're still you know they're not in the bottom three are they? So they're in a healthy position, but they just need to get back to where they where they were. Before the the last five games, and apologies the just don't... for the ground. Yeah, you're going to need to do more than that, more groveling than that, lad. Tank is the is the message just don't panic with Forest. I think the message is like it was always going to be difficult, lads. We knew this, and I I got um lads. You might think I'm fucking mad. I think the Forest are capable of going on a on a two or three game where they pick up two results like a, a two wins and a draw. Um, they're getting a few of the injuries back now. Some of the big boys are coming back in. I think Forest will be all right. One big win at the at the City Ground. City Ground, my fault. I'll give a big fucking push. I, just, I do think you know. I think Forest will be all right. I agree with Jimmy that Palace just seemed like they just seem toothless, don't they? They look like they've got absolutely nothing. It's it's bizarre how how they they look at the minute. I um, find the sacking a bit mad though, Tank. Because if you actually man. look. Like the 12, before we the change 12... subject on Forest, let's just look at their next games. We've got Wolves next, which is a massive game. Where's that at, Jimmy? That's at home at the county. I mean, City Ground. That's, <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, they got Leeds away. 
and then Villa away. Yeah, they're not easy. They're not easy. Yeah, but but... They're not, lads, I know you say they're not easy, but you'd fucking take them. It's a than like it's a Liverpool, not... a City, and an Arsenal. Oh, you take that, yeah. Uh, but they they have got Liverpool. They've got Brighton, Brentford. Then they've got Southampton. Jimmy, Liverpool's probably the easiest game they've That's got. The I was waiting for that. <laughs> Listen to this: last game of the season, Forest away to uh, Crystal Palace. Ooh, hello. Hello. Well, hopefully, hopefully Roy Roy's back in charge then, because if there's ever a manager, and I don't mean well. Actually, look, he was horrendous at Liverpool. It still it still uh, haunts me to this day. I just find the Vieira one a bit mad because if you actually look at the fixtures that they've been playing, I, I would argue a lot of the fixtures. I know they've said, oh, they haven't won a game this year, but look at the fixtures they've had. They've not been easy fixtures. And then you look at the next cluster of games that Palace have. They're the winnable games against the teams that are in and around you. So it's, I don't know. If they didn't have a manager is, lined up, I, I, I find it a strange move. The problem is, though, uh, Jamie, is that when you've had the results like that, and I know they've not won a game, but we're, in, we're coming towards the end of March. It's three months. You haven't won a game of football. It's a long time mm-hmm. to go. And as an owner, he's probably looking and thinking, Fuck me, if I bring a new manager in with a fresh approach and just give us that manager bounce. Lift, we've got games, what can we can win here? And mm. you know, all of these owners want to stay at the Premier League at all costs. And unfortunately, that cost was the new man was a manager. So three quick fire things to finish on. Uh Rachel G was a big fan that last week, Tank, you were sacking everyone. Everyone was getting sacked yeah. um in some way, shape, or form. She wants to know who's Fuck getting that. sacked this week. Jimmy. Jimmy for saying the county ground. <laughs> yeah. well, Jimmy's got to get the bullets for the fucking county ground shout. Uh, yeah. And that baldy bastard who took over VAR because he's, he's he's got to go him. He's got to go. Howard Webb. Howard yeah, Webb. He's, got go. he's come block. in and he's fucking... He's come in like and he's bold as brass saying, you know, we'll sort this out, this, that, and the other. It's gone backwards. It's fucking shocking. It's gone further backwards than Jimmy's fringe. <laughs> I knew I'd get it in. I knew I'd get, get it in. in, in. You. Uh, Jimbo, uh, Johnny wants to know, if you are opening a restaurant, what would the name be? You get a special bonus point for any puns and what type of food. Now, I, I'm not saying anything to do with Tiger and Curry because it seems to cause a right stare. So I'm, I'm keeping out of that one. What would you uh, what would you go with, Jimbo? Um, seems I said I'd be like making a nice steak on the, on the barbie. I've gone for a steak and ice cream restaurant. I'm calling it. Where are you going with this? You absolute cabbage! Like, what's special about that? Is that so? Any restaurant does that? No. Well, it's this is specific ice cream, no? Is it? Was it? Is it does it taste? Ben and Jerry's. Steak? So it's steak. It's great steak and Ben and Jerry's. So I'm calling it steak and BJ's. You can get that from the spa. <laughs> okay, so basically, you've picked it just because you want to say steak and BJ's. They can be, so you, yeah. <laughs> ben and Jerry. You got steak for your mains, and then you got Ben and Jerry's for your pudding. It's steak and BJ's. And like that, there'll be a load of uni students now lying up outside, <laughs> outside of there going, hold on, I'm ready, I'm ready. What about you, what Tank? Is it March the 14th, steak and BJ's. What is steak and BJ's? Say <laughs> yeah, the question again, because I forgot it, because I've been done by fucking Ben and Jerry's getting sold in the restaurant. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm never going to be able to think what of Ben and Jerry's again fucking, now. I could get his whole restaurant in the co-op by me. <laughs> yeah, but it won't be cooked like we cook it, lad. Which the ice cream? Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the question was: If you were to open a restaurant, what would you call it? Uh, extra points, extra bonus points for the pun. And what would you serve? What would your restaurant? What food? You know what, lads? I've, I had an idea. This is the God's honest truth, right? You know when I had the clubs and that in Liverpool, I actually, I actually went down the road of of, of was thinking about doing this, and I was going to call the restaurant Truth. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to call it truth, and it was kind of like a, a theme of like Isn't a big, big power. No, listen to this. No, this was oh Jimmy, this was an actual idea. Isn't that the nightclub in power? What's a nightclub in power called? Does yeah, anyone power? In power. This was my idea back. This yeah, was 15 yeah. years ago. And it was gonna be it was like in a, a diner, America diner, but we were gonna call it truth, and like you'd be gonna get told the truth when you come in. So, like, you come in, you go, I have got a restaurant. You're like, I welcome to the thingy, you fat cunt, if you were overweight. And that was the theme <laughs> of the restaurant. Do you know what I mean? So, like, when you go over, like, what can I get you? Um, can I have the bag with extra fries? And you'd be like... Mm, and a hairline, please. Or, like, give me a come <laughs> in, and you're like... But all the truth is based on these people being fat, because all yeah, the minute you come in, you just go, we're going to put you in a corner where the ugly ones go. basically <laughs> <laughs> Send people into the, into depression. Uh, I know, but you couldn't do that nowadays because everyone's offended. You yeah, can. You basically uh, come up with Karen's Diner, aren't you, really? Hey, there might be some truth in that, though, because what you do when you're sad, a lot of people eat. So thanks, like, I'll insult them and then they'll spend more. Happy days. <laughs> Happy days. Uh, I don't. I can't think of a name off the top of my head, but you know what they need in Ireland more? Because they have these loads in England, and given the amount that people like to put a pint away over here, you know, back home, they have, like... Um, uh, you know the the boozers that have like the kids area. Yeah. So like you can basically eat your dinner, have your pints, and like there's the kids play area like right in front warehouse. of you. Like yeah, exactly. They don't have any of them over here. So if they started opening them in Ireland, because everyone loves to go for a pint, you would make an absolute killing. I have no idea on a, a funny pun based name. Tankle open the and they'll just be telling all the kids how ugly they are and like <laughs> get the kids running around more than fat little Come here, freckles. <laughs> <laughs> no, see the yeah. artists are clever though because they know like when you want to go for a pint, do you fuck want to go with kids so they're not welcome? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a very good point. I could have done with my kids being there on Friday, it would have stopped me drinking so much. Uh right, Jim, let's finish on the predictions, lad. Let's go. Yeah, bad week for us, lads. I don't know. All, was... as in all, all three of us. Yeah. No, you're yeah. all right, Jay. Somehow you just somehow magically come up with pull some uh, predictions. I would, I would have done them. I think I did two nil for every single result because it was hungover. You, you did a load of one nils, and then I... You, yeah, I did a load of one nils, and then you pulled Brentford Leicester one one out your arse, got the correct result. So Boom. you got five. Tank, you only got Arsenal. Which was close to being on the on the nose. Yeah, nearly close that. Uh, and I got Arsenal and the Leeds result. Um, so I got two. So that's five, one, two. So that's, I'm good at this. Mate, you're all right, actually. You've pulled one out of the bag. So you move on to 38. Tank moves on to 33. And I move on to 27. Oh, and by the way, fucking sod's law. There is me bragging about the boot room... Uh, the, the fantasy league I've got knocked off top spot. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go, lad. Just <laughs> bragging about it. I got was it the lad on the uh, on the YouTube who asked for it. Has he been added to? Because he was basically asking for the code. Was that him? It would be good, you know, if he, it he basically. Him. It is, is him. It? I, I remember it? now. His name's it was an African name. Get was, him out. Yeah. Get him out now. <laughs> no way. Mid-season entry That's does hilarious. not count. Scrapped. So what for those that don't know, we had a we had a listener or watcher uh, on the YouTube channel say, "Oh, can you send us the code for the fantasy football team?" After Jimmy basically went on a p- party political broadcast last week to get it himself some Cuda. praise, fucking was Cuda. it? He's top. He's top now, that prick. <laughs> oh, what a, a guy! 
Standard. Oh, okay. <laughs> Love him. Right. He's he's our he here, winner of the week. What's his what's his name again? Kudo. Kudo Run Yawa. Okay, there you go. Yeah, well, he's he's our hero of the week. Wrong, but he's, he's definitely cooed up. I'm, like, I'm, right, a, I'm delighted with that. Let Tank have a go at it. I'm Michael Rudin, but... could I'm a fucking nightmare with it. Oh, Jesus. No, I meant his yeah, name, well. but not the... Not but at least we got the podcast <laughs> done tonight. I thought there was a 20-minute period where we weren't going to get a podcast done, so we're all done. We're all dusted. Um, right, lads, I'm going to go and get some dinner. Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely starving. Too. So I'm going to get some Ben and Jerry's and a steak, Jimbo. What do you reckon? Steak and BJ's, mate. (laughs) Tell me you won't go to that restaurant. You can have fish food for... For your, for your you pudding. said it was steak. No, he's losing no, it now. So you get to get now. No, you idiot. Ben and Jerry's. It said make Ben and Jerry's fish food. Oh, shit. It? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Okay, Stop yeah. Me, Fair enough, Jimbo. Sorry, sorry. I know I'm hungry. Stop I get like this when I'm hungry. Stop buying Asda own um, ice cream and get some Ben and Jerry's in. You get some BJ's in. Yeah, that, so that, that's a nice place to finish. Everybody needs more BJ's in the life. So with, <laughs> with, no pun intended. That, no pun intended. Uh, with that, lads, pleasure as always. Uh, everybody that listens, watches, does all that good stuff, please keep your support coming. Um, we had an unbelievable week last week, like a genuinely unbelievable. Hundreds of thousands of people doing shit with our podcast, which I find absolutely nuts, uh, to be honest. And as Jimmy put it, for two normal lads and tank, we're not doing too, we're not doing too bad there, are we? So uh, yeah, everybody keep the support coming. Send us your comments, your messages, all that good stuff. But most importantly, look after yourselves, stay safe, and we will be back with you soon on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. Cheers, boys. Yeah, just a quick one, mate. Don't forget, get well soon. Mark Bond is uh he's 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 going Ooh. through some stuff, isn't he? So Oh, good shout. Yeah, Mark, uh, sending our blessings, uh, our support, and uh, best wishes, mate. I'm sure you'll uh, you'll bounce back in no time, so keep yourself safe. All the best. All the best, lads.